This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Live from New York, it's the show that crawled all the way here from Gobbler's Knob. It's First Things First on today's show. Now I'm being serious. We've got Patrick Mahomes coming up in one hour. Meanwhile, Devontae Adams, no surprise, walks Rodgers in Las Vegas. One person here thinks this is definitely going to happen. The other person thinks it's definitely not. And finally... An early edition of the Bud List. Oh, no. Featuring Russell Wilson back already? Really? You shouldn't I have. I think times are looking up in Denver. Well, yes. Uh, alongside Chris Broussard, I'm Kevin Wilds. Nick? Yeah. Any comments? Well, happy Groundhog's Day, everybody. And uh, Wilds. Your pocket squares a little. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no problem. <laughs> Otherwise, look I don't want to look ridiculous. No, exactly right. Uh, but we start today's show... With brand new sound from Jalen Hurts. Guess what? We're going to get right to it. That's how new this sound is. Okay. Take a listen. We have a heck of an opportunity in front of us, and we've worked really hard to be where we are now. So um, to have the opportunity is is something that you earn. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's something that you earn. So we want to work really hard to take advantage of it. Okay, there we go. Uh, Bruce, so many of the early storylines are about Mahomes and the Eagles as a team and as a unit. Do you think that Jalen Hurts is being disrespected at all? Wow. No, not at all. I mean, he's a finalist for the Offensive Player of the Year award. He's a finalist for the MVP. And he is favored to bring the Super Bowl back to Philadelphia, even though he's facing the best quarterback in the league. So I, I'm sorry. If that's disrespect, give me a heap and helping. I mean, like, right, my goodness, that's not disrespect at all. Why does he now, here, here's what happened. Here's, I'm not, I ain't trying to be funny. All right. Here's what is the deal. There is not a lot of buzz yeah. around Jalen, but there's a reason for that. One, Nick, all of the great quarterbacks in the league, and this year he was one of the best in the league, right, this year. But all of the guys who do it for a decade or so, They've done it his, in the past and the present with their arm, right? That's, that's just how it is. Lamar has done it for a few years running, but outside of him, it's with your arm. Jalen, even though he's an efficient passer and become a really good passer, he throws the ball 30 times a game. That was 24th in the league in attempts per game. In the playoffs, he's thrown it 24 times a game. Only Brock Purdy threw it less, and obviously that was because he got injured. And then here's the flip side. He doesn't dazzle you with his legs. He's a great runner, but he's not like Lamar, like Michael Vick, like Justin Fields, not even like Josh Allen. And here's a graphic that shows you, you obviously quarterbacks are usually first in the league Ooh, in yards per attempt, right? Yep. 
Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. That's the top four. Even Daniel Jones. And that's not amongst quarterbacks. That's amongst that's players. That's everybody. Exactly. Jalen is like a running back. Yeah. Right? 4.6 a game, uh, uh, per carry. 21st in the league. So, his press conference, I have nothing but respect for this guy's mentality and character and integrity and, and just leadership. But his press conferences are dull. Yeah, kind of like by design. His, his, yeah, sure. like his game is kind of okay. dull. And that's why I think it may feel like he's being disrespected because there's no pop. Well, I, I don't think Jalen Hurts is being disrespected. I think Jalen Hurts being an MVP finalist is kind of disrespectful to the actual MVP candidates. Oh, what? He's in the Super Bowl. Oh, he couldn't be second? No, listen, I think he's going to finish second. Do I think Justin – do I think Jalen Hurts is an MVP caliber player? No. And the thing is, I don't think anyone does. I think people are like him which they should. I think they're impressed by how he carries himself, which it would be impressive for a 34-year-old, much less a 24-year-old. I think they root for him because he's kind of a sports underdog, because he lost his job at Alabama, because he wasn't a top 10 pick, a first-round pick. He was a late second-round pick. And because of all those things, and because some people are quarterback win zealots, they pretend to think he is a fully established player when he is not. And when we know the Eagles don't yet, at least with his current injury status, trust him fully throwing the football. I watched this playoff game against the Niners when the Niners were drawing dead to move the ball, when the Eagles were up two scores, late third quarter, in field goal range. And they called five out of six plays designed quarterback runs. As that a, was unwise, well, though. But it also speaks to the fact that maybe it's just because of the injury or maybe it's because he hasn't fully, you know, kind of fleshed out his full passing game. They didn't want him throwing the ball there in short chunks to pick up yards and grind the clock. And you can say, oh, we always run the ball to grind the clock. I I understand, but not typically with putting your somewhat injured quarterback at risk. And listen, he has not played well in these playoffs. He has not played well since he got hurt. And I think we all know that. I think we've all watched it and seen it. And people are hesitant to say it because he does seem like such a good kid and the story is so good. And he has far exceeded anyone's expectations for what he would play like this season. But he's not the... If, if take Patrick Mahomes out of it, he's still not the league MVP. What, then who is? Joe Burrow would have been on the list without well, question. Well, he can be on the list. Joe, Joe, well, Joe Burrow would have been at the top of the list. You guys know how critical I've been of Josh Allen. Josh Allen was better than than Jalen this season. Oh, oh like, my God, we are really in uncharted territory <laughs> no, now. I, I, I mean, they're better players. I'll give you that. Well, what I'd are rather we talking have about? Them. But he led his team to a 14-1 and record. I, they couldn't even beat the Saints without him. Hold on. But I guess my question he is. He does it differently. He does it differently. That's what I saw. But he doesn't saying. play defense where they had the most prolific pass rush since the 85 Bears that you guys have talked quite a bit mm-hmm. about. And, yes, he is a very effective runner for a team that everyone seems to be a very effective runner on behind that offensive line, whether it's Miles Sanders, right. Gainwell, or Boston Scott when they're playing the Giants. So, like, I don't think – in this football game, the Eagles have – Every single edge. 
except for quarterback. They have the better group of pass catchers, the better offensive line, the better running game, the better D-line, the better linebackers, the better secondary. Yet, it's essentially a pick em. Why? Because, because Mahomes is that good. Well, and, and you're right. I agree with you that Philly has the advantage everywhere. But it's not like the Chiefs aren't good. Like, no, it's not like their uh, offensive line isn't no, good. No, no, no. They have good uh, – uh, totally – I guess my point is, yes, Mahomes is that good, but – if we are really talking about the two leading, the guy who would have been MVP if he stayed healthy, which is what I'm told he is, and the guy who's going to win MVP, that margin shouldn't be enough to overcome every other edge. Right. But it's right now this game's considered a coin flip. Can you I, think I'm being I, unfair, Wild? I think you're being a little bit unfair. Okay. I think you gave us an appetizer of Jalen Hurts' respect and then a big meal of disrespect. Yes. And then the dessert I was agree. like a little bit of like a, a little, little, little respectful brownie, but it wasn't the whole thing. Most of it was disrespectful. You know, Matt Ryan, Rich Gannon, there have been guys that won the MVP award that weren't like all time great. But that's not a defense of him. A Here, defi- can I tell you the stat? Yes, this is just, I think the narrative doesn't match necessarily the statistics. So here's what he was doing during the season. This includes the playoffs. Yeah. He was number one in completion percentage. His touchdown and interception rate was best in the league. His passer rating was the best in the league. Uh-huh. For the categories where he's not first, he has more yards per, pa- per pass than Mahomes. He's got a better touchdown percentage than Joe Burrow. And I know the other thing is that wow. is kind of, which is kind of boring. No one likes it, not turning the ball over. He hasn't turned the ball over either. 38 touchdowns, 8 turnovers. Mahomes has 10 more touchdowns, 5 more turnovers. So maybe he doesn't hasn't had the Heisman moment. If if anything, his Heisman moment is him getting, you know, uh, Royal Rumble style of fourth yeah. and one. Yeah. That doesn't maybe galvanize people outside the Philadelphia metro region. But I think there is a, a air of disrespect that is permeating the Super Bowl. If, and I'm here to correct. It's it. permeating from right no, over there. No, but it's, you, you, you started out nice. I but like you listen. I am. <laughs> Wilds, what do they call me? Mr. Consistency. <laughs> and I'm going to be consistent in that I can, unlike, and I'm not talking about you guys, certain folks in sports media tailor my analysis directly to how much I like the person, or I, and instead I can be honest. He seems like a great leader. Right. He seems like an awesome person, and he already has, I think, overachieved given where he was drafted and given the player he was in college. All of those things can be true and it can also be true that if those numbers are actually indicative of his his level of play then the Eagles should be in a dominant position in this game because we know they have a better defense than the Chiefs we know they have a better pass rush we know they have a better running game we know they have the best offensive line in the league if he doesn't even have to play Mahomes even if he can just play Mahomes to a bunch of 10-9 rounds instead of 10-8 rounds then the Eagles should win this game by more than a touchdown. I don't think anybody sees that coming. And I think it's because deep down there are still concerns about Jalen, who is 270 yards passing total in these playoffs, his ability to consistently move the ball through the air. And maybe it's because of the injury. Awesome graphics, too. That's all dusty. dusty. You should have gave those to me. Oh, you don't send me any of that oh, stuff. Oh wow, that was excellent. Well, well Dusty, well, he's got these Philly graphics ready. To <laughs> no, I'm like, come in, they're all ready to rock. You know. uh, Chiefs pass catching unit not at full strength. Updates today: Hardman, Juju, and Kadarius Tony all did not practice. The good news is we're pretty far away from the Super Bowl. Report from Mike Florio: Kansas City has no plans to pursue Odell Beckham Jr. for the Super Bowl. 
I, I wasn't expecting them to. <laughs> Nick, should the Chiefs bring in OBJ? I didn't even know this was a thing. No, of course not. <laughs> this is craziness. Like, the, the idea that Odell is going to come in for one game and that one game be the Super Bowl is madness. But it is also because the Chiefs right now are without their top three receivers. They finished that game without their top three receivers. I mentioned it, Marcus Kemp, who's a special teamer, who has four career catches, caught a critical first down, throw for a first down in the fourth quarter. But this is what, the fact that I think it's crazy to bring in Odell speaks to the confidence that I and I think the rest of the media is growing to have in Patrick Mahomes. Because we see every other quarterback in these positions has at least one, if not two, awesome receivers. The Eagles have Hurts, I'm sorry, they have, they have uh, Devontae Smith and A.J. AJ, AJ Brown, pardon me, sorry about that. We saw the two receivers for Cincinnati. Josh Allen has digs. We saw back when Russell Wilson was a good player, he had DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. We, have seen, we see it across right. the league. And for me, all I want, Brew, is guys that aren't going to fumble the ball and are going to be in the right place. And Mahomes <laughs> will walk it to him. Wow. Like, and Shots so at Sky Moore. The, well, no, Sky Moore, hey, he came through on the punt return. You won the game. But I want guys that won't turn the ball over and will be where they need to be, like MVS was in that game. MVS didn't make any individually great right. plays, but he had the ball handed to him for 118 yards in the game, except for the one nice run after catch. Okay, I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't think if, if they don't add another receiver, I don't think they're in trouble, uh-huh. right? However, I think it makes sense. Oh, oh goodness gracious. If, if these three won't be back, if your three top receivers won't be back, then why not just take a look at OBJ? First, I'd meet with my leaders, Mahomes, Kelsey, and whoever else, and be like, look, would you guys be cool with this? If they're not, then, of course, you don't do it. But if they're open to it, because, Nick, you know this, for all the shenanigans and, and the colorful personality and all that, Teammates love OBJ. Players around the league love OBJ. I like I think he could step in there, and I don't think the guys would feel like, what's he doing? Unethical. What's he doing? What do you mean unethical? It's unethical. It's legal. How's it unethical? As long as it's legal, it's not unethical in football. No. No. If you've been on the team, you can rejoin the team. This is my rules. Like, Eric Weddle, you want to come back to the Rams? Like, oh, my God, what a great story. You just can't go get a great wide receiver for the Super Bowl. It's ridiculous. According to the rules, you can't. I disagree. And you don't Sign think he Marshawn can go out Lynch. there and make a play? Good. Could he make a play? Goal line, Marshawn Lynch. Oh, my God, he's suited up. He comes out of the locker room. It's unethical. You got to pay be him. allowed to do it. You got to pay no, him. it's ridiculous. He could make a play. And at the very least, he could be a decoy. I don't, At the very you, guys, you better believe Philly they, they, we're respecting. God bless I've Odell. won Nick over. First, we have made it to the final game of the season. In a season, he was never going to play a snap in, and people are still like, hey, is Odell going to play? Hey. Hey, hey, guy's a bigger star now than he made when he made the catch on <laughs> Sunday Night Football. You signed Julian Edelman? Go to hell. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Too much to sorry. break I the family show. Sorry. I didn't mean to. Uh, coming up I, next, uh, weekly <laughs> dose of motivation. It's the bud oh, list. Yeah, it was totally <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I tried to pull it Great. back. Okay, quick math. 
The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash FTF. netsuite.com slash FTF. netsuite.com slash FTF. Guess what? It is Thursday, which means it's time for the Bud List. It's an early edition of the Bud List, and it's also a time, as you know, to read some viewer mail. Yeah, uh, for the year 2023, we get a lot of physical mail, yeah. and we're always willing to address your concerns and comments. Oh. There's our <laughs> mail reading. The music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Wilds, love the show and happy Groundhog Day. Well, thank you. <laughs> I thought the Bud List was a franchise you ran at 4 o'clock. Why am I getting this early dose of motivation? <laughs> Is it because your interview with Patrick Mahomes is coming up at the top of the hour? Please advise Ryan and Brian. Well, Ryan and Brian, you nailed it. Uh, we've got an interview with Patrick Mahomes coming up at 4 o'clock. But because there is some confusion on this early bud list, we've decided to make a special offer. Oh. It's a little bit of a blowout sale. Oh. Just for today only, you can get all of the bud list items that includes the protein, the album, and the home game. For, we're giving it 20% off. It's a Super Bowl special because we're confusing a little people because we're doing this segment early. So log on to Broussard's uh, social media and type in the code words, I believe in you. <laughs> it is a great deal. And Wiles, I just cut a bonus track last night. Did. That's on the album. What's it called? Uh, it's called... Rhymes galore. Rhymes galore. That's right. I sing and rap. All right. I sing and rap. But here we go. Number three on the bud list, Jason Kelsey. Oh. The first center in the history of the bud list. Congratulations, Jason. Wild, send him a congratulatory trinket of some sort. All right, Jason, why is he on the bud list? Okay. He's on the bud list because he's facing his younger brother, Travis, in the Super Bowl. Now, look. Both of these guys have a Super Bowl ring. Both of these guys have multiple All-Pro selections. And both of these guys are likely, obviously, Kelsey's Travis certainly is, headed to the Hall of Fame. So what is at stake are family bragging rights, all right? And what you cannot do as the big brother, Jason's the bigger brother, I'm a big brother myself. You can give your younger brother a hug, you can give him advice, you can give him a punch in the chest, but you can never give the younger brother family bragging rights. So Jason, get it done, I believe in you. At number two, Andy Reid. Oh, Andy Reid. Now, I, I think Andy Reid is one of the greatest coaches we've ever seen. 
All right, he's got his one Super Bowl. He's a made man. But to get the love and the credit he really deserves, I think he needs another one. Because he should be with the Landrys and the Knowles and the Shulas. And, I mean, Belichick's on a level by himself. But he should be with those guys. So to be with that level of coach, he needs two championships. And he's facing a team that he didn't get it done for. He, they were great. They made a bunch of championship games. They made one Super Bowl. But he didn't win them the ring. And they fired him. And they won it without him. So, Andy, go ahead and get it done against your former employer. I believe in you. At number one, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes oh. for the second straight wow. week. How now, good. I get it, Patrick, that you're the underdog. I get it that you are facing one of the best pass rushes in the history of the league as far as sacks are concerned. I get it that you are without possibly your three top receivers or maybe one or two of them. I get all that. But heavy is the head that wears the crown. All right, you got your one Super Bowl, as much as Rodgers, as much as Favre, one more than Marino, and only one behind Jimmy G. Just a fact. Just a fact, all right? Uh, But you are expected to win more. We're comparing you to Tom Brady. We're thinking you will challenge him for GOAT status years from now. But the only way to do it is to win and win and win some more. So Patrick Mahomes, you gotta go ahead and get it done. This would be a great achievement for you if you can do it. That is this week's bud list. Excellent. He didn't get the I believe in you at the end. Yeah. Oh, I, everyone has got it. Look, I was the first one nationally <laughs> to recognize your tremendous talent, compare you to Michael Jordan, say you're the best I've ever seen. SportsIllustrated.com if you haven't seen that quote, uh, Patrick. <laughs> Nick will try to steal it, but it was me. Okay. All right, I do believe in you. You Excellent. know that. <laughs> that was one of the best bud lists that you put together in terms of presentation, and then you had the offer for the protein powder. Yeah. The new uh, There's so much. The new so cut the first draft. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a little surprised that Jalen Hurts not, is, is not there, but I, but I have to say I 100% agree with Patrick Mahomes. One. Oh. 100% wow. agree with Patrick Mahomes, and, and here's why. I usually say you don't want the guy to, to try to be Superman. You don't want the guy to do too much. He's got to be Superman. He's got to pull out the cape this game if, if they're going to have a chance, chance to win. And I want to show you a play from the AFC Championship game. We're going to need a lot of this, and this is the Valdez-Scantling touchdown. So they got Travis Kelsey up top. He's going to be double, doubled by the corner and the safety on that side. Sky Moore down here, he's doubled by the corner who's pressed up against him and the, the safety, the near safety, which means Valdez Scantling is isolated one-on-one. Now what Kansas City does a really good job of, they use the tight end in protection, but to help with the tackle, so they get a double team on the defensive end. They slide inside, they get a double team on the defensive tackle, and then they're going to take the back and they're going to bring him to the right tackle side to get a double team on the other defensive end. So they're buying some time for, Matt, for Patrick Holmes to read through the coverage. Now, as Kelsey starts, he's got a little out and up, and he's isolated there, but you can see the safety pushing over. That's not an option. Sky Moore is going to run that over. you got a middle-of-the-field safety. That guy's going to drive. So Patrick looks at Kelsey. He sees, all right, I, there's nothing there. There's two guys there. Now he comes back to Sky Moore. That middle-of-the-field safety is jumping the route. That's no longer an option. Now he realizes he's got the isolation against Valdez-Scantling, who's going to push out and into the middle of the field. 
but all that, even with all the protection, he's got to take this hit to get the playoff, to hit the isolated receiver, to go through the progression, and to get the touchdown. To me, that was indicative of the whole AFC championship game for him. The, the plays that he made, that while he was hurt, it was like Superman. And, and it, it, was, it was something that we'll talk about for years to come, unless, unless he's got a real problem in the Super Bowl. Let's take a look at what, what he's facing from the Eagles. Okay, the main thing here, sacks, number one in sacks, and the third in takeaways. They're very opportunistic in, in terms of interceptions. And then let's go back to the last Super Bowl. Really? Let's go back here. to the last Super Bowl. Ow. We're talking about a 31 to 9 blowout. But here's the biggest thing a 52.3 quarterback rating, which is the worst ever in his career. And it took place in the Super Bowl. So as much as he was a champion in the AFC and he carried him in the last Super Bowl, he was far from that. And he faces just as daunting a challenge defensively. So that's my motivation. Well done, Coach. (laughs) Just the facts, though. I liked it. And here's the thing. Nick has shown us how great Mahomes has been in the postseason. Not really in the Super Bowl, though, Coach. You had Not it. Not in that Super Bowl. Zero touchdowns, two Worse picks. His even his first Super Bowl. He won Super Bowl MVP his first Super Bowl. He was great, but he, he, literally had, won but he also game. had two, two, two oh, uh, interceptions. He's got two touchdowns, four interceptions in his two Super Bowls. You guys Bowls. are pretty Patrick, lucky. I believe. We already <laughs> recorded with Patrick Mahomes. I know. So he can't cancel the interview <laughs> that we're going to play at 4 o'clock. Tom That's first Brady of all. never Second had a quarterback rating uh, in a Super uh, Bowl. Oh, oh, because he, okay. First of all, ever. give me a break. Second of all, I do, <laughs> find it, I do find it interesting that yesterday Coach had an assignment of, hey, Tom Brady played for 23 years. Can you show us his greatest play ever? And it was not half as impressive. As the one he just showed from Mahomes yesterday. No, no, no. Your oh, time is up, sir. But the difference was that was under pressure and they won the Super Bowl. Okay, well, okay. Give, us, give, give, it, I, give it nine I, days and we'll be there. I could have gone to the AFC Championship game after the AFC Championship. NFC championship t- okay, that's enough. <laughs> Russell Wilson's under duress. Thank you. Now we're back to friendly territory. Russell Wilson. They, <laughs> they hired Sean Payton. Way to take the air Which out means <laughs> there, are no fall, there are no fall guys left for Russell Wilson. Sean Payton is there. Russell Wilson's cap hits the next four years. 27 million doable. 35 million, 55 million, and 58 million. Over the next four years. It wouldn't be such a disaster, except Ugh. his dead cap hits, if they want to move off him, are the following. $107 million, $85 million, $50 million, and then maybe you could stomach $31 million. So he's going to be on this team for at least the next two years, probably the next three, and I'm sure they hope the next four. However, Brew, this year, every single quarterback that had a worse passer rating than Russell Wilson, got benched during the year, except for rookie Kenny Pickett, who was a rookie. If Sean Payton, if it doesn't get right with Sean Payton, no one's going to blame him the way they did Nathaniel Hackett. They will be blaming Russell Wilson, so he is under duress, my friend. Well, here's the thing. Russell Wilson showed some signs at the end of the season. Hold on, ask your Chiefs. He he had 10 touchdowns. In this <clears throat> final four games, he only had 16 all year, and 10 of them came in the final four games. Two touch, two games, he had three touchdowns apiece. He scared the living daylight, daylights out of the Chiefs twice. 
and beat the Chargers, who went to the playoffs. So I think I think Sean Payton is just what the doctor ordered for Russell Wilson. I'll, I'll accept him being on the bud list, but I well, think it's he's motivational. So absolutely, it's really no motivation for September. You get a long <laughs> runway of motivation. Months from now, uh, I'm putting the <laughs> Nets, your Nets, on the bud the list, bro. Yeah, I don't know if you tuned into the game. I did. You watched I did. the full game there. It w- they were down 46-16 in the first quarter. So you know what? <laughs> I I'm going to stick on. with this. <laughs> I, I fell down by 40 at one point. Uh, it's their tenth straight loss to the Celtics. This is my favorite play here. It's uh, De'Ron Sharp locked in on not the ball and not his man. Kyle Harper just drains the three. Here's Kyrie after the game with, I thought, some insightful comments. Take a listen. When you're going against a very motivated team, such as the Boston Celtics, they, they have a chip on their shoulder. Um, it's clear as day that they want to win the championship and they're not wasting any time in the regular season. So tonight I felt like we were just one of those teams in the way. And, um, you know, we just can't be one of those teams in a way. we got to be one of those teams that stands up to them and um, at least shows them that we're going to be competition for them moving forward, uh, which I believe we are, but tonight we just didn't show it. Ooh, ten straight losses, bro. Well, look, no Kevin Durant, no Ben Simmons. I will say this. The Nets are a finesse team. I, they can't beat Boston. Even if they get right, I think they can play with everybody else in the East. Boston's a tough, gritty team. Even though they lost in Doka, they still sweep. are tough and gritty. What about close sweep? It was a close sweep. But the Nets are kind of soft. <laughs> Ten games. The Net, I'm going to give a coach in The Nets are a bit soft. They're a finesse squad, and the Celtics bring out the hard hats, and the Nets really don't want conference? that smoke. Yeah, I'm, but I'm giving analysis. But can they beat Boston? I think they, they Boston will be the tough. The best thing for the Nets is if they get in the other side of the bracket and somebody, Milwaukee somebody or somebody beats right. up Boston. That is yeah. so Real God. talk. Somebody. Real talk. I mean, we'll see. I, we get Durant back, get Simmons' mind right and okay. everything else. I know. I know. Yeah. Ben. Ben! You could have been on the bud list if it wasn't Super Bowl-centric. Okay. <laughs> Let him know. You will yeah, be yeah. on there in weeks to come. You will be on there, brother. Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he's going to uh, rejoin Devontae Adams. Rodgers' new neighborhood. Yeah, I, know. I, didn't, I didn't do too much of it. Do you get it? Have a no pun policy. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, maybe a Devonte Adams, Aaron Rodgers reunion looming. Which neighborhood is Mr. Rogers moving to? I did. I not a pun, but close. It's a plan word. <laughs> Devonte Adams says mine, and for the record, he does live in the same neighborhood as Derek Carr. So real estate, not necessarily his forte. Nick, is this a good idea? No. Can I give a point of advice to the AFC West? Please. Stop trying quick fixes. Draft a quarterback. Develop the quarterback. Take your lumps. Don't then try to microwave it like the Chargers did. They, they got the quarterback draft part right. They got the quarterback develop part right. Then they're like, oh, J.C. Jackson, pay you. And Khalil Mack will spend all the money. And then you're in a rough spot again when you're not ready yet. The Broncos... Uh, we can't be trusted to draft and develop a quarterback, so we'll trade all our draft picks for a ready-made quarterback in Russell Wilson. Now, the Pat Raiders are trying to do that even more so for a guy who's almost 40 and might not want to play anymore, but we know he wants to go uh, uh, down to the Amazon and have a fun summer. It's a terrible idea. 
If you want to compete with the preeminent team in the league, you're going to have to do it the hard way. Not try to do it for 18 months and then be in a rebuild again. And so trading your draft picks to get aging players wildly expensive is not going to help you win this division. That's a good point. So do it the hard way and try to actually compete. That's my advice. Okay, but here's the thing. Josh McDaniels, he needs a good season. All right, he hadn't had one yet. Three years of head coaching, two in Denver or one and a half, and this last year. He has not had a good coaching season yet. And Devontae obviously wants Aaron. I get you, Nick. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers in Vegas makes him better than the Chiefs. I don't think it makes him a Super Bowl winner. But I do think it makes him probably a playoff team and relevant. And that's what the Raiders need. Mm -hmm. I would go get him. You sign Josh Jacobs, then your your offense is going to be good. He's as bad as Rodgers was. It's probably the worst season of his career. He was better than Derek Carr. His numbers, you had the graphic, I think we'll show it. Uh, look at his numbers. Better than Derek Carr in clearly the worst season of his career. I don't believe that graphic. But he, so but your offense I, would be better, and you got to improve the defense. But they it makes them relevant. Everybody's they literally the made the playoffs a year ago, and then they cut the guy. They were they were in the playoffs a year well, they ago. Kept signed Devontae Adams, brought in Chandler Jones. I don't know if we can show you guys the best oh, player Chandler dare. season. Uh, <laughs> and and then they decide they got to move on. Like coach, this is not a sustainable model for a team that is trying to compete with two teams. I believe that are going to be at the top of the division in the Chiefs and the Chargers, who have the long term quarterback. I do love the fact that, that you have the luxury of, of the best quarterback in the league and you're, you're lecturing everybody else on how they should <laughs> go and get a quarterback. Yeah. Just <laughs> up in the like, next 10 years. Yeah, right? it's like you're preaching from, from this pile of riches. So yeah. when you don't have a quarterback, you're desperately looking for one. Now, would I move on from Derek Carr? I don't think so. But, but they did. And, and now you're talking about a guy who's been in the West Coast system his whole life coming to, to try to fit in Josh McDaniel's system, which isn't that way. And Josh isn't going to adjust his system. Josh has a very strong personality. Aaron Rodgers has a very strong personality. I don't think that's a fit from, from that perspective. To me, I imagine Josh wants to go with someone he is either familiar with or someone he can develop so as opposed who, to going to get a that? guy. I mean, we, it could, I mean Jimmy G is obviously a candidate because it seemed like they had a good relationship when he was there. But to go get Aaron Rodgers, I, it just doesn't seem like a fit. I have no problem with trying to upgrade your, your quarterback room and getting a guy like Aaron Rodgers if he's available. I just don't think they're a system or personality. As much fit. as we like Jimmy G and quarterback wins and winning football games, which actually matters. He's a winner. Um, would Devontae Adams fit with Jimmy G when Jimmy G doesn't throw the ball down the field like Devontae Adams prefers? Well, Devontae Adams fits with anybody. Well, if you have a great player, great players fit in any system. Even with Jimmy G. I make them, they make. Quarterbacks better when you have something. Jimmy G is worse than Derek Shanahan. Carr, and they just cut Derek Carr. They were hoping to get Brady, and now I think they're just they're, they're just. That's why they might they go they're they're still with the 49ers. But they, they, they shouldn't bring give back up too much. Derek Carr. Oh yeah, just change <laughs> them like that. And by the way, I guess I hey, keep saying they cut Derek Carr, but they haven't. They, they Derek right. Carr's still on the roster, and I guess they could He's just decide happy. to have a mulligan. Yeah, they were on a break. Yeah, right, right, right. Coming up next, Cowboys are committing to Dak for 10 years, maybe. Interesting comments coming out of Dallas. We discuss next. First things first. Mahomes in 15 minutes. That's what I should have teased. 
This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Now that Kellen Moore is with the Chargers, Jerry Jones confirmed that Mike McCarthy will be the one calling plays for the Cowboys next year. Take a listen. So you're more comfortable with Mike calling the plays? Well, I'm more comfortable not, uh, I'm comfortable at this time because of how it's evolved. I'm more comfortable than I would have been had he started calling the plays right when he came in as head coach. I've always viewed him, rather than as a walk-around coach, I viewed him as a coach that could coach the offensive side of the ball. Nick, do you expect this to work? No. <laughs> no. I, I, listen, we, the, it is noteworthy that the moment Mike McCarthy left Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers instantly resumed playing at an MVP level statistically. Mm-hmm. Now, Rodgers, now it is also noteworthy that we now have some evidence that some of the playoff failures when McCarthy was there, Rodgers probably needs to bear more of the brunt of that than maybe a lot of people were willing to give him. But as far as the the knock on McCarthy's time at the end of the Packers was that it was essentially a system that relied on the talent of the players to make plays and get open rather than scheming guys open. And I think a lot of people thought one of the few edges the Cowboys had was Kellen Moore's system created the openings, created easy passes, created at least now Dak also throws a lot of tight window, good tight window throws and some bad tight window throws, but that Kellen Moore's system was an edge for them. And now you're asking a guy who, in my opinion, Brew, at times seems like he's juggling a little too much already when it comes to in-game situational coaching to take on play calling. So, I no, I don't think it's a good idea. No, I don't think it will work. And no, I certainly, and this is the most important part, do not think this is an upgrade. You should only do this if not if you think, okay, we can hold on for dear life. If you think this will make us better than under Kellen Moore. And I do not think it will. Yeah, I tend to lean your way, not quite as negative. That's a surprise. No <laughs> surprise. There, but, but no, I, look, I think the feeling, there's a feeling that the game offensively, the new strategy, that is kind of passed McCarthy by in terms of that. And he was, you know, Rodgers obviously had his great years under McCarthy calling the plays early, right? And then McCarthy gave up the duties in like 2015 and then took them back, and that's when Rodgers had like the worst years of his career. And then Lafleur comes in and they skyrocket. But I'll give him a shot. I think it is dangerous, Coach, because the offense was great, during the regular season. The problem is they couldn't duplicate that in the playoffs. So I don't know what McCarthy's going to do that's going to make them better. I don't know if the run game is going to be as strong. So are you going to be able to rely on that as much? So I, I think, I, like I said, I'm leaning toward Nick, but I'm not just totally no. this is going to flat out fail. Yeah, so Kellen's system, they were fourth in points. They were first in points. So there's not a lot of room over the last two years. So there's not a lot of room to grow 
in terms of success for, from that perspective. And a lot of it's semantics or, or the way that you want to frame it. So now they're saying this is part of the evolution with Mike McCarthy calling the plays. You know, it wouldn't have worked when he first got there. But then when Mike was in Green Bay and he gave up play calling duties, he said this is part of the evolution. It's time for – so however you want to spin it to justify the change that, that you made is how you spin it, and that's what's happening here. Now, they're going to go to a West Coast system, which is what Mike has done. They're going to go to Mike's terminology because he needs to be comfortable with it. So now the whole offense has to learn that and has to become comfortable with it. So there's some, going to be some growing pains there. And he hasn't really called plays in, in, a, in a little while, so it's going to take Mike some time to get back into a rhythm. But he was good at it when he did it for a long period of time, and they're banking on, on him being able to draw on that to, to hopefully – get an upgrade, but the amount of space for upgrade right. is very small, so it's, it's hard to make this a, to legitimize it, and you might as well just say they want to make a change, because that's what they want yeah. to do. They I'm ready to, change. I listen to your arguments, I'm ready to make a judgment. It's not going to work. <laughs> it's definitely not. That was cogent analysis. There's no way that's going to work. No way that's going to work. A combo platter of news here. Calvin Watkins saying Jerry Jones wants to draft a QB. Cooper Rush is a free agent now. And Stephen Jones saying this, quote, Dak is going to be our guy for hopefully the next 10 years. You say it's a long time because he's already played six or seven, but I think Dak will play that long because he takes care of himself and he's driven to be great. And we fully expect him to be here for 10 years. What was your reaction, bro? Well, it's the right thing to say as long as you don't give him another contract. As long as you don't put the money behind You wouldn't give words. Dak another contract? Not right now. Not right now. He's got two years left on his deal. Play it out. See how you look. This is the NFL. I mean, it's not about making a guy, oh, let's make him feel comfortable. Go out there and prove it. Now, I wouldn't give him up. I'm not saying if they don't win the Super Bowl in two years, I'm getting rid of him. I'm not getting rid of Dak Prescott unless I have a better plan. Well, it, there isn't to, one. And they, they're going to – maybe they draft a quarterback, and who knows. Dak, you said it earlier, fourth-round pick. So maybe you get somebody that surprises you in the draft. I'm not looking to move on from him. I'm just saying I'm not like giving him a contract extension now. Well, they, this all, I'm not. Tell you this much. I want to see what he does over the next year, maybe two, they, before I. Well, give you him can't wait money. two years because well, remember, Dax, they've already done the franchise tag thing. So like Dax in the same Kirk Cousins boat now, where they, you already played that game with them once and lost, and now he gets to really hold your feet to the fire unless you extend him early. That's the risk they they ran. That's a problem for them. Drew Brees actually was in that same beneficial position for a while. We don't have to get too cap nerdy on it. Just take my word for it. Here's the deal: Dak Prescott might be. The best quarterback in the NFC. The old, right now, so you can say Jalen. If you want to say Jalen's sure. better, fine. That's fine. I, I think we need to see a little more from Jalen. But let's just, okay, let me back it up then. Dak Prescott, I think, pretty unequivocally, is one of the two best quarterbacks in the NFC. Yeah. I mean, who? and then who are we saying is third? Stafford with a bad elbow having missed a year? Justin Fields one day? Not Kyler. Goff. Kirk Cousins. We're back Goff. to Goff. So, you know so Gino. The, I do like Gino a lot. And that's my point. Is if you're in the AFC, you can look at Dak Prescott and say, gosh darn it, good but not good enough. In the NFC, you look at Dak Prescott and say, you might be the best quarterback in the whole conference. And so and if you have that. proven it. The, 
But he's proven it more than Kyler, more than the oh, other that, people. Not, but it's not about being ranked the best or but, second best. It's about how far you get your and team. And that's because the bar is low. You don't plan your next 10 years off of a low bar. You're hoping pre- he's got one more Pro Bowl than Tyler Huntley. And he's played for seven years. And, and look, there are a lot of good things about him. And, and he's done a lot of positive things. But... To, to say that you're going to commit for the next 10 years right, to a guy is a pretty sig- significant well, statement. But they did also say they're going to hope that, you know, Mike would be there for 25 years or whatever. So they're, yeah, not, they're, they're not just opposed they're just to, running to, yeah. Well, I, I'm not saying give him the Mahomes Don't give him the money. But, but I would, I, yeah, I'd love to I would extend him for four years, $40 million This offseason? Sure. Oh, no. No. It, no, why? why? Because $40 million a year is a bargain now for quarterbacks. And because he might be the best quarterback in the – he's not the problem with the Cowboys. He's $3 not. million per interception. He has been in a lot of the players. Coming up next, Patrick Mahomes yeah. interview. 15 minutes of excellence at 4 o'clock. Welcome back to the show. We've got a treat for you right now. Yesterday after the show, we talked to Patrick Mahomes about the health of his ankle, whether we'll ever see a behind-the-back pass during the Super Bowl, maybe, and his mutual, uh, let's say, inspiration from Trash Talk, him and Luca. Here it is. Enjoy. You know, once upon a time, I used to think I was Kansas City's favorite son. And then Patrick Mahomes came along and very rudely took the spot from me. Uh, Patrick, <laughs> I want to start with one of our favorite topics. It's what everyone's, it's one of, what's on everyone's mind today, Luka Doncic. Uh, he scored 50 on Monday. And I'm curious, who's more dangerous to be disrespected, you or Luka by a Pistons coach? <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Luca's, I would say Luca, man. I've seen it firsthand. I went to one of his games in uh, L.A. at Staples Center. Uh, again, or actually Crypto Center now, or Crypto.com Center. And uh, he got was talking trash. I think Patrick Beverly was talking trash to him. Oh, and uh, he, he went off for the rest of the playoffs. So I would say Luca probably is the most dangerous disrespected. Yeah, You know, <laughs> as it happened, the Bengals had a lot of Patrick Beverly's. They weren't named Patrick Beverly, but it was kind of the same ethos there. Were you surprised – at how much and how loudly they were talking leading up to the game? Um, I think I was a little surprised about uh, the week before the game. Uh, I remember after they beat us in the regular season, they said we have to play them. And I think that's what kind of sat with me for the entire rest of the season of I want to play these guys again. But uh, it's a great football team, man. So if they're going to keep beating us. They have the right to talk. But uh, when we win, it just doesn't look as good. Oh, and so after the game, you go, step to the podium. And now I got to say – you know, I, I was a little disappointed because you step to the podium and you say, you know, nobody picked us. Patrick, somebody picked you. Somebody's been, come on, somebody's been believing in you all year and you know that, correct? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I said five, I said 5% of people picked us. You were in that 5%. Okay. <laughs> but uh, other, than, other than you and a few select people, I think uh, across some networks, I think uh, a lot of people had the Bengals. I saw the pictures where it was like eight Bengals pictures and then the Chiefs as a one. Um, so uh, I knew not a lot of people picked us, but I think the guys responded the right way and we were able to get the win. Okay, but so this has kind of been a theme this year because, and you, you know, you threw up the Pete Weber tweet after the game, but also well, you have, you carry yourself humbly, but then you have little moments where they, I think it flashes like you count on the fingers and you see, you're very aware of what people are saying. Has it been odd to you 
that it has felt to me like all year long, a lot of the sports media was ready to essentially move on from the Chiefs, move on from you as the best quarterback, the Chiefs is the best team, it's going to be Allen, it's going to be Herbert, it's going to be Burrow. Like, did that feel a little premature to you? Um, I think as long as Andy Reid's the head coach of this football team, team that the Chiefs are always going to have a chance. So uh, I thought it was a little bit premature in a sense, but uh, uh, I knew that if we just kept doing what we needed to do, that we were going to be where we wanted to be at. And that, that's in the Super Bowl. And so now uh, we're going up against a great Philadelphia Eagles football team, and we know we're going to need our best football if we want to win. All right, Patrick. Uh, Nick, Nick has made a nice little cottage industry of telling everybody, <laughs> I'm the Patrick Mahomes okay. guy. Okay. But I was actually the first guy, you might not know this, <laughs> to say you were Jordan-esque, as in Michael Jordan-like. <laughs> and according to Sports Illustrated, I'm the first ever to say that you are the best quarterback I've ever seen. I know I can't call you the GOAT because you got to win more like Tom Brady, but you're the best I've ever seen. And speaking of Brady, obviously today he retired. So I want to get from you, like, you guys do things so differently. Uh, what do you think made him such a great quarterback? Because it obviously just wasn't him using his legs and being so athletic. Um, I think you, you've said a little bit of it, and he has a little bit of that. He has the Jordan in him, that will to win and that will to be the best. Um, I think that's what makes Tom so great. And even though he might not have the best arm or the, or, or the best mobility, he's still really good at all both of those things, um, moving within the pocket and uh, arm strength. And then his will to bring his teammates along is special, and his will to be great and be the best is special. And uh, that's something that whenever I talk to Tom, I just try to l I learn as much as possible. And he's able to – He's uh, more than willing to give me some advice, which is I think is pretty cool um, because he is the GOAT and uh, someone that I want to try to chase, but I know it's a long ways away for me and I have to continue to just uh, win football games. Yeah, how much – I mean, we've heard LeBron say he's chasing Jordan, right, the ghost of Michael. He wants to be the best ever. How much does that drive you and how do you kind of balance that staying in the moment but also feeling like I want to be the best ever when I'm done? Yeah, I think any athlete wants to be the best in their position ever. Um, and I, I, I want to be, but I understand how hard it's going to be. I know that Tom being in 10 Super Bowls and winning seven of them is something that is, it seems impossible. Um, so all I can do is take it day by day and get better and better um, and try to do whatever I can to have great guys around me like I do now and, and win football games. But at the end of the day, it's a team sport and it takes a team. Um, and I have to just try to keep those guys around me as long as possible and keep Coach Reed coaching for as long as possible as well. All right, Patrick, I've seen some film of you playing high school basketball. You had game, that's for sure. So I know you know basketball. Nick and I have this debate. He thinks my, uh, LeBron James is the best ever. I think Michael Jordan. Who do you think is the GOAT NBA player? Man, that's a tough one, man. Uh, my dad used to have me, like, watching documentaries on DVDs of Michael Jordan, of classic games. Uh, so if I, I would say if I had one game, I would take Michael Jordan or one series. Go. But uh, I would say for a full entire season, I'm, I got to go with LeBron because he can do a, uh, a little bit of everything. I think that was a Jordan. Well <laughs> done. I'm taking that as a Jordan. It was, it was a very diplomatic answer. I'm not going to let you do that. Go ahead, Wilds. We're going to move on. His last thing he said was LeBron. Savvy. That's the right answer. Uh, go. All right, Patrick, you guys got so much motivation from the Bengals trash talk didn't seem like the Eagles are saying much of anything but if I was Andy Reid I would try to sort of put a few pieces of bait out there I'd be like all right 
Uh, Patrick, when you look at the uh, scheme that the Eagles, who fired me, are running here, <laughs> is that a narrative that you want to sort of get revenge for Andy? Does, has Andy made it known that, hey, I really want this Super Bowl even more than the other Super Bowls we were in? <laughs> Man, if you're not fired up to play this game, then you're in the wrong sport. I mean, it's a Super Bowl. Um, I've been able to, luckily enough, win one, and I've been able to to lose one. And I know what both of those feelings feel like. And I'll tell you what, winning one is about the complete opposite of losing one. I mean, you're either going from the, the greatest feeling in the world to the worst feeling in the world. So uh, if you're not motivated to play this game on this stage against a great football team like this, then you're in the wrong sport. So you've mentioned Andy a few times. He's obviously one of the key components of this era. You are the key component of the era. And you also happen to have, I believe, the greatest tight end to ever live, who also seems to be a bit of a maniac. There was a moment, Patrick, right after the game. You're talking to Tracy Wolfson. And you are literally thanking God. Those are the words that are coming out of your mouth. <laughs> and Travis Kelsey comes over, cackling maniacally, and just bellows, Burrowhead my ass! And just keeps <laughs> laughing and walks away. What is he like on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I think people see that, that uh, mentality that he has and how funny he is and how he's able to be around everyone and be the, the most liked guy in the room. But people don't see how hard that man works. And uh, it makes it easy, easy for me whenever the hardest working guy on the team is uh, the Hall of Fame, uh, one of the best, if not the best tight end of all time. Um, so whenever I want to tell other guys, to, hey, you need to finish your route or you need to finish running upfield, uh, all I have to do is point to 87 because I know he's doing it the right way and he can be that leader for me. Hey, quickly, Patrick, before we get to Super Bowl stuff, I just want to look backwards for one more time. I, the, the video of you is now famous, of you being told you have to go get the x-ray on your ankle in the Jacksonville game. Did you not want to go get it x-rayed because you thought if they saw the x-ray they wouldn't let you play? Like, did you think that potentially that you had broken your ankle or done something even worse than what you did? Well, I've been in that x-ray room before, and it hasn't worked out well for me. So uh, I thought I was good enough to play, and I wanted to at least get one more series uh, Mm. to get out there and see if I could test it out. And uh, Coach Reed, he says he has 51%, so he said, uh, you're getting the x-ray before you play, so you might as well go now. Um, And so I knew then I had to go back out there and – uh, back there and get the x-ray, and luckily enough, it was negative, and I was able to get back in the football game. And then, obviously, you, you know, play the next week and play great. You, you, There's a famous clip of you from a few weeks ago saying that you should have had people chasing you during the 40-yard yeah. dash, that other guys are faster than you, but they're not as, as afraid as you are. It, when you're going into that game, did you think you were going to be able to, if need be, scramble the way you did for what ended up setting up the game-winning field goal? Or was that simply the adrenaline of the moment? Uh, a little bit of both. I thought I was going to be able to run straight um, and not make much cuts, uh, especially this last game, just because of how the ankle was feeling. Um, and I think you saw that throughout the game. There's a couple times I tried to run and I didn't go anywhere, and the coaches kept getting mad at me for not throwing the ball away. Um, but, uh, in that moment, I knew I needed to get the first down, um, to give ourselves a a chance at another play. Um, and obviously the the penalty happened and everything like that. And it it got us into field goal range anyways. Um, but, uh, I I thought I was going to be able to move enough to protect myself, not necessarily run forward a lot. Uh, Patrick, speaking of unconventional plays for two years now, we have been running video of you practicing the behind the back pass and every week or every other week, we've said, you know what? 
Goal line opportunity. This is a chance for Patrick to break out the behind-the-back pass, and then we show the videos from you indoors and you outdoors. Is this thing ever going to see the light of day, or is it just a practice play exclusively? No, it, it's for sure going to happen at some point in the game. I'm not going to say it's going to happen in the Super Bowl, um, but, uh, but I, I actually do it in practice a good amount. Um, I throw it uh, and, and complete it probably like 80 to 90 percent of the time. Oh, come on. And, and but uh, I'm, I'm a little too scared still to do it in the game. And Travis, <laughs> he gives me crap for it. Every time I do it in practice, he's, all he yells is do it in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know this, Patrick, because obviously you got tons on your mind and you got the huge game coming up. What do you do to relax? Like, what do you like to do to get your mind off football and when you're not thinking about the game? Well, in the season, I'm pretty busy. So most of my free time, I just spend with the, the family now. I got, I got the two kiddos now, so I spend most of my free time with them. Um, but in the off season, I'm a big golfer. So I like to golf a lot and get out, get on the course and, and swing the sticks around. I've never got a lesson, but I, I think I'm at least above average. So uh, I'm going to try to keep, continue to get my golf game uh, to where I can be winning some of these celebrity tournaments that I'm trying, no, to, trying so, to be in. No, it's so – listen, wow. I, I know people that golf with Patrick, and it's so – it's one of those 1% athlete things, like never had a lesson, bombs at 350, great at all the sports. It's so re it's so dumb. Like, you don't practice, don't, you don't even care. I'll try it, shoot a 76. So let me ask, I, the, I, I, there's one other football thing I want to ask you, which is last year we, we, we saw defenses changing the way they played you guys. And for a moment there, it seemed to affect you, and then you, got, you ended up obviously uh, having a great end of the season. Did that oddly prepare you to play without Tyreek because defenses were f making you when you had Tyreek, making you take the underneath stuff, and then Tyreek's gone? Like, did that actually help you for this season? Um, I think it did in a sense. Um, it just helped me evolve as a quarterback in general. Um, I've been a guy that I wanted to throw the deep shot every single time. And um, C Coach Reed always joked with me about it is he would call routes to throw underneath routes. And then on the other side, they'd put a deep shot just in case. And he always would say, it's like, it's like you're th dangling a cheeseburger in front of them and telling them not to throw it. So uh, it, <laughs> I finally, I finally, uh, I finally learned that I can take a possession throw, uh, underneath route and those deep throws are gonna are gonna happen throughout the game and uh luckily that i've learned that in the, at a time where we needed it and uh we still hit those deep throws every once in a while and if you give me the opportunity i'm still gonna give it uh, give it a chance all right i just listen you've been very generous with your time and i actually made the executive decision not to ask you about the super bowl because i don't want you to slip up and give the eagles bulletin board material and we need to win this football game so we can just, we can just talk about the super bowl after the super bowl uh, i want to give you the, in the last minute here it, you guys playing a ton of young guys you get a lot of love as deserved. Travis does. Chris Jones is finally belatedly getting some love. That was a team win, a team effort. I want to give you the opportunity to shout out any of your maybe less heralded teammates that you feel haven't gotten enough national shine and give them some recognition here before we go. Yeah, I mean, first off, you start off with the offensive line, man. They went up against a great defensive line, and, and I was uh, hobbled and couldn't really move, and they, they gave me the time to make the throws, and then – I mean, you got to talk about the secondary. I mean, you have rookies. I think there was four rookies at one point played in the secondary uh, with three corners and a, and a safety. And they went up against probably the best receiving group in the NFL, and they, they held their own. And so uh, we got a lot of young guys on this team, um, and we got a lot of leaders that have, we've brought them along as the years went on. Um, and you're seeing those guys step up now, and can they do it for us for one more game, man? We're playing a great team, and they're gonna, we're going to need their best.
Patrick, we appreciate you. Yes. Thank you. We appreciate the fact that you're the greatest athlete in the history of my hometown, what you've done for Kansas City. <laughs> and thank you for making the time for a Super Bowl week, man. Yeah, I appreciate y'all. Keep the banners coming, too. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Good call. Thank you, Thanks, Patrick. Patrick. Thanks, man. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah. As we celebrate Black History Month, I'd like to celebrate Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali had a famous quote, Fault like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Rumble, young man, rumble. Muhammad Ali taught me so many different things. He taught me to fight for things I believed in. He taught me to treat others with respect and love, no matter color, race, size. Muhammad Ali will always greatly be missed. The one thing he also taught me and inspired me to be is be a true champion. He talked about he wanted to be the champion the way he wanted to be, not like the people wanted to be. And that's one thing Muhammad Ali taught me, and I always remember that. Rest in peace. Well, well done, LaShawn. Uh, speak coming up in 14 minutes. We're back on First Things First. Sean Payton, now the coach of the Broncos. Drew Brees telling Ed Werder that this is just splendid news. He's really excited. He can speak for himself, but I think the idea of having Sean Payton come for what he's hoping is the rest of his career, I'm not sure there's a better scenario for him. Well, looks like everything's solved in Denver. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead, sir. go ahead and ask. Aren't you aren't you happy? I think. Well, no, no. I just <laughs> listen. I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, this the Broncos have gone about the absolute literal and metaphorical most expensive way to try to get their coach quarterback situation right. And while I like the coach, I think the quarterback's best days are long behind him, and I don't think you can fix Russell Wilson. I think you can. Get him from one of the five worst quarterbacks in the league, which he was, to a league average quarterback. But that won't be enough there. Trading four players and four premium picks just for the opportunity to overpay Russell Wilson. Then having that go so terribly, you have to spend two more premium picks plus 20 plus million a year for a coach is literally the most expensive coach quarterback room in the league from a salary or from a picks expended standpoint. And so do I think that makes the, this makes the Broncos contenders? No. Do I think this makes the Broncos a playoff team? No. Do I think this prevents the Broncos from being a laughing stock? Absolutely. But unless Russell Wilson can get in the time machine to five years ago, I don't think they have a path mm. forward, Coach. Well, you, you said it earlier. That there's no getting out of this contract. So if you're the Broncos and your new ownership, you've got to figure out some way or at least try every possible avenue to, to fix it or make it better. And at this point, Sean represents the best way to hopefully make that better. You go from a very inexperienced head coach, at least he was on the offensive side of the ball, to a guy like Sean with his experience, and, and you're giving Russell the best chance to be successful. And, and that's why they had to make the move that they did. Now, not having a first and a second next year and a second the year, or the, yeah, the, yeah. the year after, that's a real problem. They're middle of the pack in terms of, of salary cap. That's a problem. If they lose E.J. Evero, the defensive coordinator, that's a problem. So there, there are major hurdles to overcome. In addition, whose system are you running? Sean's or what's best for Russell? That's got to fuse as, as well. Well, see, look, I think Russ will be humble at this point. I mean, he's coming off a horrendous season, by far the worst of his career. I think he'll be humble enough to be like, what do we need to do? 
and listen to Sean. And, and Sean, I think, will be smart enough to say, okay, this is what Russ does well. We'll do it. This is what he doesn't do well. But Chris, we won't do you think do you need to be self-aware to be humble? And, and that's the question is, is he self-aware that it was a lot of him as opposed he, to the system? He's got to. He's got to. I mean, come With on. all these media apologists he has <laughs> that blamed it all on no, that hat. Even I, even I had to admit how bad he was, at, at, you know, midway through the season. But look, this is what Sean Payton did with Jameis Winston. From the 33 touchdowns, which obviously was good, and 30 interceptions, to 14 touchdowns and three picks only for Jameis in the seven games he played, and he was a dark horse MVP candidate at that point. The next season, Dennis Allen takes over, right? Payton's gone. Jameis reverts back four touchdowns, five interceptions, and gets benched. So we just – I'm with Coach. You had to do it. The mistake was giving Russ a huge deal. But once you did that, you got to fix him because he's not going anywhere. And I think they did the best thing they could. Coach, quickly, if Russ, who will be 35 around Thanksgiving, That's the doesn't have it, do you think they can make a move at quarterback and sit Russ down? I, I, don't, I don't know how. The way his contract is structured, right. it, it – it, cripples your organization if you try to move on from them and that's that's the biggest problem is you you can't change without crushing yourself for years to come maybe Jameis in denver Ooh, the altitude question of all time we're talking about mahomes brady jordan and lebron oh it's, it's peak Welcome back to the show. Don't forget to subscribe to the First Things First podcast for a delightful mix of cogent analysis, witty banter, and dogged detective work. Maybe that cold case just needed a new set of eyes. (laughs) Never know. These jaded gumshoes out here. (laughs) Metal's time. (laughs) Nets in Brooklyn. I've shown this play four times in the show. Can I tell you what's so any bad about the Nets? Every time I show it, it gets He doesn't realize until it goes in the hoop. (laughs) You know what's unfortunate? What? I was at Lakers Nets the other night. Dayron Sharp was flying around the court. Making plays, and, and he, I, and he I actually focused. no, no, no. And I thought about, it. I was like, that's actually a nice piece. And now the first time making the show, <laughs> he's just in a trance. Bronze medal, De'Aaron Fox. Brew thinks he's the second best member of the Kings. Uh, I think he's bonus. the best member of the Kings. I, I, I think he's better than Sabonis. Either way, light the damn beam. Thirty-two and ten for De'Aaron Fox. Silver medal. Light it on the road. Jason Tatum. They actually do, Wilds. Really? They light it anytime the Kings win, <laughs> even when they're on the road. The oh. people of Sacramento have spoken. It's what they want. Jason Tatum, 31-9-4 against the punchless, hapless Brooklyn Nets. If only they had a true superstar that could rally the team and say, hey, this team swept us out of the playoffs. Their fans are booing me and give me the middle finger. Let's show some punch. Instead, they have Kyrie and they're down 39-9. Gold medal. Close. Dame time. Very close. I feel like the the Portland GM, is it still old Shea? I forget who it is there, uh, should send an edible arrangement to Patrick Beverly. Because ever since Patrick Beverly idiotically did the Dame time nonsense, Dame has literally averaged 42 points a game. 42-8-10 for Damian Lillard last night, and there is your medal stand from the association. 
Yesterday, we asked Patrick Joe Mahomes. Cronin is the GM there. Oh, okay. Sorry. Great metal stand besides that horrible error. Uh, <laughs> uh, we asked uh, Patrick Mahomes yesterday about Bray's retirement, and he gave this uh, Jordan-esque answer. Take a listen. He has a little bit of that. He has the Jordan in him, that will to win and that will to be the best. Um, I think that's what makes Tom so great. And even though he might not have the best arm or the or, or the best mobility, he's still really good at all both of those things. Um, moving within the pocket and uh, uh, arm strength, and then his will to bring his teammates along is special, and his will to be great and be the best is special. And uh, that's something that whenever I talk to Tom, I just try to l- I learn as much as possible. So buckle up for this. That's an important moment in uh, sports talk show history. Mm-hmm. That was Patrick Mahomes, Nick. Yeah. Do you think Brady uh-huh. is more like Jordan or LeBron? Again, Mahomes uh-huh. on Brady. Yeah. Is he more like Jordan It's like or an LeBron? SEO optimization oh, situation. Uh, so it's very clearly, obviously, Tom Brady is more like Michael Jordan. And I think, I, I think Brew will agree with me. So if you look at Brady as a Patriot, much like Jordan, six rings, much like Jordan did it with the greatest coach ever, much like Jordan won half those rings with a team full of Hall of Famers that kind of carried him part of the way. What? And much like Jordan, well, uh, uh, how many Hall of Famers were on the second three-peat? Rodman, Koo, Coach Pippen, they're all Hall of Famers. That's four-fifths of your starting lineup. Uh, he's in the Hall of Fame, buddy. Sorry, it's just what it is. Uh, I mean, he's in the, literally, Stop it. literally a Hall of Famer. You go to the Hall of Fame and Tony Koo, Coach is okay. there. In, in, on the bust, you got to regret that there. one. I'm and then, most importantly, he's like Jordan because he is clearly and obviously going to be passed in the pantheon by the younger, faster, stronger, more athletically gifted, better player of the next era. For Jordan, that does happen to be LeBron. And for uh, Brady, it happens to be a guy we were talking to. So in all those ways, he's just like Michael Jordan. Also, you know, both had to you know, step away from the sport for different periods of time because of, you know, alleged cheating. So all those things. <laughs> All right, look, since you played <laughs> since you played the Hall of Famer card, yeah. LeBron's playing with two Hall of Famers, in fact, two top seventy-five players, and they're not even in the playoffs. Yeah. All right. So let's let's just go How's there. That answer this question, buddy. But he is like George and Mahomes you know, we, we interviewed Patrick. Very diplomatic answer, right? Said both. But notice when he said the will to be what, Wilds? Uh, ex- the best. Oh, the best. He said Jordan. Mm-hmm. He didn't say he's like LeBron. He's got that will to be the best. He said he's like Jordan with that will to be the best. And here's here's an easy answer. Brady's the GOAT. Okay. Jordan's the GOAT. He's more like Mike. That's it. So we agree. He's more so like he Mike. I don't know why you're attacking me. I said he was more like Mike. The MJ longevity. The I'm surprised you didn't. That is like LeBron, obviously. Well, there's it, sure. There's, there's There are pieces to it. And he tried to follow in LeBron's path, go to Florida, win a title, do those things. He just, you know, there are similarities to both He did it. See, Wilds, well, that was good. Wilds didn't want to ask that question. Wilds wanted to talk about Jordan. Brandon Ingram, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Risky Pelican. Stay-